0: Blood
1: Talk Radio. Hey everybody, we're fruiting Animal here. We're fruiting Animal here on November. Twenty five. Twenty fifteen. You know, since nine eleven, I've been wondering how those terrorists, terrorists, I should spend some time enunciating so I can see my uh, little monologue a little better than I do. Anyway, I've been wondering all this time how these terrorists could get such a motivated membership. You know, I know some of those guys in those airplanes that flew into buildings. They didn't know they were going to do that. They just thought they were kidnapping people. So that's one way to get them motivated. They don't know how dangerous it is. But, you know, I always thought that if they really did motivate those people and they knew what they were doing, if a recruiting firm could hire guys like that with that kind of enthusiasm, they would make a lot of money. And I saw an interview once with the members of the Cotter family. They are the most famous Canadian members of al-Qaeda. The whole family lived there in Afghanistan with Osama. Anyway, one of the teenagers said that when he was in training, the teachers kept telling them about the 72 virgins they're going to get when they go to paradise after they die for the cause. But this kid did not give the impression that this is good motivation. It was kind of, he was kind of embarrassed, I think, about all the sex that they got, you know, kept talking about. But it's just pie in the sky as well. I mean, you need more than a promise of what's going to happen after you die to really get inspired. And this week, I finally got a better answer. There were a lot of articles published about a drug called Captagon, C-A-P-T-A-G-O-N. It's Two drugs put together, but mainly it's an amphetamine. And the Turkish police, the Turkish police, they found about 11 million, <laughs> 11 million of these pills on the border with Syria. About 11, so no, about 7 million of them were hidden in oil filters. And apparently this drug, it's popular throughout the Middle East, but it's really popular with ISIS. And the effect according to what I read, is quite amazing. The users say things like, I felt like I own the world, like I have power that nobody has. Once I took Captagon, there was no fear anymore. There's no phone fear for sure, right? And they also said, you're awake all the time. You don't have any problems. It gives you great courage and power. So I read a few articles about amphetamines and this kind of drug, and it said you could take a drug like this at low doses for a long time and still be okay. But at high doses, it's dangerous. It can lead to high blood pressure and stroke and psychosis and violence, which I don't think is a problem for those guys. But look, you don't need to take any drugs. To get like that, because we've got lots of it here on Jerry. Jerry! What show is this? Jerry. Come on, Jerry! We're recruiting...
2: According.
1: Yeah, Maureen, I was on the phone just before the show started, and I saw that Jerry called me. Didn't leave a mm-hmm. message. He didn't leave a message, but he just didn't show up. Very Come nice, eh? Hey? This guy's always bragging that this is his show, and he just comes you know, <laughs> when he wants to.
2: <laughs> it's Thanksgiving.
1: Well, you know what? He should have told me I'm not going to be there at tomorrow's Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah, he should have told you. He sort of Sometimes. told us on, well, on you social know media I, um, where everything happens, as we all yeah, know. Yeah, the last few years, I think
1: I canceled on the, um, just before American you Thanksgiving. You did. You
2: didn't have a Thanksgiving show. Because
1: people, you know, they're busy. But I didn't even think of it this year because I have to cancel before Christmas and I have to cancel before New Year's. I mean, this You don't be this have good. to. show. Oh, well, I, I put up a note on the... Thing. Anyway, you, know, right. you, can be, you can be my buddy, because Jerry won't crowd you out today. But, you know, before I go, Jerry doesn't like it when I do a long intro, so I had another topic, and I put it to the side. I'm going to talk about it right now. So, you know, I found out this week how you can become very famous. I want to congratulate the student council at the University of Ottawa. Ottawa is the capital of Canada, and these guys, I think they watched all those videos from Yale last week about the screaming, about the Halloween costumes, and they wondered how can we get that kind of publicity, and they came up with something that for me, I think it was amazing, they banned yoga on their campus because they said it was stealing some aspect of Hindu culture and using... (laughs) Sorry, I can't help it. (laughs) They were using it in a disrespectful way. (laughs) And every newspaper, every newspaper in the world reported it. So I want to congratulate my fellow Canadians. At first I thought they were just deranged and stupid, but then I realized how smart they are. If only I was... As smart as that, I'd be famous as well. Banning yoga, just when it's most popular. Anyway. Hey, somebody is listening to the show on their speaker. That was
2: me. I didn't mean to. I just turned it off. I turned Twitter on. I don't know what happened. Okay. Okay.
1: Let's go to my guest, Teresa Bustamante. Are you there? (laughs) Teresa Bustamante.
2: Oh no, Teresa!
1: You know she canceled on me the last time, and I didn't cause <laughs> any complaints. She called me the day before, and she canceled. But I get a feeling she's not here today.
2: You, Do you haven't, you haven't heard, heard from her? her? <laughs> no, that's not like Teresa.
1: Well, didn't you, you, you? I thought it was kind of a guarantee that she was coming. You sent me <laughs> that email yesterday. With that letter about sourcing, and you said Teresa's on the show tomorrow. We're yeah. going to talk about this and that. I thought maybe you cleared it with her.
2: Well, let me you see if I can get her, her on her. the back channel. No, I haven't heard from her, but let me see if I can get her on the back channel. Carry on.
1: Jeez. No, carry on. i got to have somebody to talk to. Who's here? <laughs> Does anybody want to say hello before I cancel the show?
2: Crickets. Crickets. Yeah.
1: It's only, it's only three people. Is
2: Alejandro here today? Who? Alexander. Alexander
1: disappeared. I oh, him no, messages. I talked to
2: him yesterday. He's back. Well, he, he, he was in Alaska. Fly. He went to Alaska for a couple of weeks.
1: Great. You know, mm-hmm. OK. <laughs> anyway, you know, I didn't prepare a song. I was going to ask Teresa what kind of song she wanted to sing. But so I'm not going to sing today. Does anybody have anything they want to talk about? Do
2: you have a song?
1: Yeah, there's a song by Leonard Cohen that I like, and I, I'm just getting over a cold, so my voice is deeper, and I I, I thought I little. would uh, mm-hmm. sing that, but no, I don't think I'm gonna. Um, what
2: song? What song did you want to sing?
1: I can't remember the name of it. It seems so seems so long ago. I think that's the title. Leonard Cohen is also Canadian. Today was my Canadian day. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you offended, Maureen? I'll ask you a few questions that that maybe she, you know, you could answer. Totally. What am
2: I offended she, about? You can't offend. Well, are you, you offended by
1: the term craplicant? Some people really went wild about it. Like what I think what was Maureen that all about? Started causing that problem.
2: Mm-hmm. Does it bother you? The term craplicant. Nothing yeah. bothers me. You know what? That's absolutely true, Maureen.
1: <laughs> you are made of steel. <laughs> I know that's
2: true. Uh, I'm just looking here. At you any, think uh, I'm thin-skinned, though? You you've accused me of being sometimes, thin-skinned.
1: Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. But that's not the mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you know, that's not the stuff for us to discuss on the show. I, I uh, you know, I will discuss one thing while I'm waiting for her. If you are looking for a job in recruiting, and you go on a recruiting group that has a fair number of people on it every day, recruiters whom you know might hire you. Mm-hmm. Those are the people you think maybe they're going to hire you, and all you do is go there and complain and say how rotten everything is. You think they're going to want to work with you? No, no. they won't.
2: No, no bad attitude. Won't.
1: Jerry Jerry can say every, everything stinks because he works for himself.
2: Mm-hmm. Bad Nobody attitude. But to... even, even so, even though you work for yourself, I, I think somebody that's viewed it as having a bad attitude you're kind of looked at as a poison pill, don't you think?
1: No, I don't think so. Because his clients aren't, you, you aren't on the group. Jerry's clients aren't there, and, and he's not looking for a job with other recruiters. No, but I don't if you're know. there and everything is garbage, and you still come every day and say everything is garbage, <laughs> people might get the idea that you're a curmudgeon, that you're very negative, and they're not going to work with you. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, I agree,
2: but. You know, you're—that's the world according to Jerry.
1: No, that's a world according to a guy who thinks you're fantastic. This guy thinks you walk on water. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, I think I'm going to end the show. I'll ask you a couple of questions. How much sleep okay. do you get at night? You don't get much sleep. Do you. A I go to
2: bed I'd around like... nine. I, I usually get up around three. three, three to four. Sometimes yeah, I get I up earlier.
1: Four when I couldn't sleep.
2: Mm-hmm. Gee whiz. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get up early. I do my writing early in the morning. <sighs> okay, uh, you know what? I mean, mm-hmm. I got nothing to talk about.
1: This girl you, you, you shouldn't have done this. Do you have any more this. questions? It's not a good. Okay, hold on. Somebody's here. Maybe it's her. Is that okay. you, Teresa Bustamante, my guest, area code nine seven two? No, That's no. Jeremy.
2: Hey, Jeremy. Jeremy do you have anything? You, you
1: know what, doing? Jeremy? Is that Jeremy Roberts from SourceCon? The big man.
2: <laughs>
3: sort of. I'm not a very big guy, but.
1: Okay. Yeah, up? but you're, you're, you're the little, little big man. Okay. You know what? I'm going to interview you because it was a sourcing show. <laughs> and who's better <laughs> okay. than? Okay.
2: Hey, there you go. There you
1: go. Thank Good you, deal. Jeremy. Okay. So you know what? Teresa has a whole list of uh, of designations after her name, and I was and she actually gave a review of them on recruiting blogs, and I was going to ask her for more details. I'm going to ask you what you think of these. Okay, Jeremy. Oh, goodness.
3: There's a conflict of interest
1: here. No, there isn't. CPC. I don't okay, That's no conflict of interest. All right, let's go. CPC. Let's
3: go. Uh, CPC. Look,
1: Jeremy, can you it. do me a favor? Can you talk into your yeah. phone or your mic or whatever it is? Hey, speak? I wasn't the guest. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care. <my> You're <laughs> the guest now. Do me a favor, will you? Okay, okay. i not right. you show up without telling me and the guest didn't come without telling me? Can't somebody C- take C- care of me sometimes? Right? <laughs> CPC. I don't
3: know a lot about CPC to be okay.
1: honest. Okay, okay. Jeremy. What, what do does you it think? stand like, for? I was gonna ask her I was gonna ask her, uh, what percentage it's certified- of her candidates Just listen to me, okay? You already said you're not gonna do that. What percentage of her candidates come from LinkedIn? So what about you know a lot about the other sourcers? Generally speaking, if you're a sourcer, what percentage of your candidates are going to come from LinkedIn? This
3: is not a direct answer, and you always get angry when people don't give correct answers. So I'm going to preface it with that. I think, you know, what's un, like, it's hard to track that because at this point, I think 100% of candidates get cross referenced with LinkedIn. So do they start at LinkedIn or, but, I don't know how many. That's what I'm LinkedIn. asking.
1: That's the question. Do they start at LinkedIn? I'm going to say it sounds like eighty to ninety percent, and these mm-hmm. sourcers. Yeah, I would say up. so.
3: Yeah, I would say it's very high like that. And then when you consider even when someone, if someone calls you, I think pretty much everyone's go to even you if you're negative on LinkedIn. I think even Maureen.
1: I never said does I'm, not them up I'm not Maureen. I'm not Maureen. But
3: he, Maureen doesn't like LinkedIn. She yeah, Maureen's got a lot about extra about so
1: competition. I,
3: w- I would bet most most of the time when Maureen hears from somebody, she logs in to see their LinkedIn profile. It's just uh, what we do. So, yeah, the I don't know. if I would say 70 to 80% start with LinkedIn, though. Okay, so let me but ask I don't, I'm not I have, I'm not using survey data because I didn't come prepared, yeah. though. Okay. So keep going. Okay.
0: Now, okay. the thing
2: about if you if you – look somebody up if you go to google and you put somebody's name in for some reason and there's an algor- algorithmic explanation for this linkedin owns those top results so um that person's profile is going to come up in the first that's not few the question, results Maureen, that's
1: not the well, question that's not the question well i'm just telling you why look, it you appears to that me. You listen to me, dear, okay? Oh, dear, oh, dear, okay. This is the question. Are the people, are these uh, professional, okay, Jeremy, can you let me get the question out? I'll give you plenty of time to answer, okay? (laughs) These professional sourcers, are they just expert primarily at searching LinkedIn? Is that what they do? And then the follow-up question is, you know, does it take a lot of skill to do that well? Is there something they're doing that really is skilled? Go ahead.
3: I think a lot of people who call them sorcer- themselves sorcerers,
2: yes, they're only using LinkedIn.
1: But is that bad? Is that bad? Yeah. It's not bad if it's
2: successful.
1: Right. Okay. But how much skill do you need to use uh, LinkedIn? Glenn Kathy, Kathy. he says, and I would never use his name in <laughs> vain, okay. okay? He says two-thirds of the people on LinkedIn who are qualified for your jobs Will not be found by using the obvious search terms he claims they're on the dark side of LinkedIn, like the dark side of the moon, and you have to be smart to find them correct over to you, over to you. so
3: what he's what he's referring to is like some of the best candidates you know if they're a software engineer, they'll just write software engineer and their company. And so what he's saying, you have to be smart to find them. You need to know how to um, cross-reference that information with other sites. You need to know how to connect the dots between that person and other software engineers at that company to know what kind of software engineer they might be, what kind of programs they work on.
1: I don't so know what, to, Jared, that, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Maureen. do you understand what he just said, cross-reference these people with other people in their company? So they don't have much stuff on their profile, but once you find them, you try to find other people in their company who do, like, have similar jobs? Yeah, you know. Is that what
3: you're saying? Right, exactly. People who they're networking with,
1: people, groups they're in, things
3: like that. So, so hmm. that's what Glenn's referring to, is a lot of times, you know, the best candidates, because they're not looking for jobs, they'll – Um, you know, if you say you're a software engineer with Lockheed Martin, there are a lot of types of software engineers. So then you need to try to see what other kinds of software engineers at Lockheed Martin they are mingling with online or uh, in other places so that you know what kind of work they actually do.
1: Okay. But what about this stuff about building these Boolean search strings? I see people, the sourcers, complaining that LinkedIn only limits you to, what, 300 search terms now or something like that? Is is that an issue?
3: I don't know what they're limiting you to at this point. I, I don't think it's a major issue. Well, first off, a lot of people are doing their searches outside, and then if you're using the advanced filters, you can you can narrow things down pretty pretty exclusively in, in LinkedIn. So I, I don't think that's a major issue.
1: Okay, but here's my point. These people... Uh, who are doing the LinkedIn searches and are complaining that you know they, there's a limit to how many search uh, search uh, terms you can use, and the limit's in the hundreds. I'd say it, it takes some skill to make a um, a search string that has a hundred terms in it. Am I right or wrong, or is it just really repetition? It does take some.
3: I mean but it, you know, there are easy ways to do louder, it. Like, louder there, Louder There are easy ways to do it. There are easy ways to do that now. So like with Source Hub, if you type in a couple of terms to Source Hub, it'll give you hundreds of synonyms for that in an or statement. So you don't actually have to sit and write hundreds of characters yourself. What's, you source, can,
2: hub? You can,
1: What's source Hub? Maureen, source. have you ever heard of that?
2: I didn't hear. What's what? Source Hub. you're, you're hub. gonna be
1: my She's going to be my sidekick, but she's not going to listen to what I'm saying.
2: I'm okay? listening, but I, I, you're saying SourceCon is what he source said. Hub. Source
1: Hub. Source Hub. Hub.
2: Source Hub.
1: Yeah.
3: I never heard I'm of it. Tell us. Hub. Tell us. So it's something developed by the social talent team out of Ireland. And so basically you can write parts of your search. You know, you put your um, – the keywords into it and it helps you create really long boolean search strings and then after you create those search strings with the click of a button it will search those different tools for you so it's just a really easy way to create really long search strings so does it cost um, money no it's free
1: okay but you also said something else i want to ask you you said there's a lot of people these professional sourcers are doing their searches outside linkedin through google is that right Yes. Really? Why are they still doing that? I thought LinkedIn was making it harder to do that. Can you talk about that?
3: Well they, they do make it hard to do it, but I think the results are all, always different, you know. Like for example, I don't I don't know the current status of it, but there was a while that LinkedIn's recruiter product actually has a totally different search algorithm than the free product. So the smart recruiters are um searching from the outside and then they're searching the regular LinkedIn um accounts and then they're searching their paid LinkedIn accounts because the algorithms are all different and so the the order of the results is going to be different.
1: Okay, but if you're buying recruiter, the recruiter version for nine thousand or whatever it is a year, isn't that like the best way to search?
3: Uh it's probably you should definitely use it, but it's not about best, it's about different so if you've exhausted that on a certain search that's pretty, you know, unique, then um, <clears throat> don't just keep doing it. Just try something new. Just search from your free
1: account or search from the outside. Well, that amazes me that you could actually get worthwhile recruit results from a free account that you can't get from an expensive account.
3: I would say yes. That's a pretty, yes. big, uh, pretty yes. big deal. You said yes. I don't know what that means. I, you know, I am uh, trying to be fair. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of people who don't have a paid account who are getting great results. And, you know, how much do you get from LinkedIn in-mails anyway versus looking at a profile? And,
1: okay, we, haven't, uh, talked, we haven't talked about in-mails. We're just talking about finding people, right? In-mails right? are a completely different story. What, what do you hear about the results?
3: You know, I mean, response rates are uh, are pretty low because there's a lot of spam. So you know, you gotta be you've gotta be first off, you gotta be great at messaging, and then you've got to um, you know I think that picking up the phone is is the right thing to do. You pull up a list of qualified people and try to get them on the phone, and um, send them an email at the same time if you want. But you should be you should be trying to reach them in other ways. Okay, but and, you know, and you mail. know,
1: and Maureen, get ready because I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, but mm-hmm. more, but you know, Glenn, that these days, even among uh, experienced, you know, long-term recruiters, the shift is away from the phone to email. Isn't that true? I think
3: that yeah, the shift is away. I mean, the shift is away. Like, people in general are using text messaging and email more than recruiters. I think part of the fun thing about being a recruiter is surprising people and, and being that person who actually did call them today as opposed to the person who emailed them and asked permission.
1: Okay. Now what are Marine specialties that I, I tell you this part of Marine System I've never really understood. Marine Sharib or Sherub, sorry. Marine Sherub uh is uh, one of the most famous for she's the most famous phone sourcer in the world. I'm not saying there's no other great phone sources, but she's the one I know, right? And I've known her for many years. <laughs> and one of her things is that you can actually find a number that doesn't online, that doesn't take you to the gatekeeper. It doesn't take you to security or the receptionist. It's actually a number, an internal number, because some companies have different direct lines to get to people. Mm-hmm. Do, do, am I making myself clear, Maureen, what I'm talking yeah. about?
2: Yes, but you're not going you, to find that online necessarily, and I very rarely you will you find a, that
1: online. I thought that's how you find them.
2: No, not you're not going to find those numbers online. You might find a starting point online. You might find the internal dial system, a hint of it online, but yeah, to find Yeah, that's a what specific... I'm talking
1: about. That's what I'm mm-hmm. talking about.
2: Okay, okay. Do go you ahead. want to
1: give us an example? You want to tell us how to reveal that secret? How you do it?
2: To find an, a company's internal dial system. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I call a gatekeeper's, um, if I call a company's main number and the gatekeeper won't let me through, she won't uh-huh. transfer me to a person or she won't give me a person's direct dial, and I need that person's person's direct dial, right? And I want that person's direct dial.
1: Are you being a sexist?
2: Yeah, it's it okay.
1: Was... It's okay. That's not bad sexism. Most receptionists okay. are women. Okay? Go ahead.
2: And um, so I want that person's direct. I'm not with the
0: University of Ottawa, okay? Okay. Go ahead.
2: (laughs) And so I'll go online and I'll maybe put in the. I will put in the company's name. I'll put the area code of the city of the office that I want, and I'll put, let's say, the board manager. I'll just take a chance and, and. Hope that some manager has posted something online where he's left his signature on there with his direct dial.
1: Hold on, you'll take a you'll pick a title out of thin air,
2: with thin the air. area code. Yeah, whatever. I'm looking for fast, the area code you know, for that city, results.
1: and you'll hope mm-hmm. that he's got oh, I C. So how 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 successful is that usually?
2: Pretty successful. Um, Can you?
1: Can you give one real
3: example? I I think, okay, so she's saying it's pretty successful, and it is pretty successful if you're resourceful. So it's successful in giving you a starting point.
2: Starting point, yeah.
3: When you do training, people expect, like, for that to work in two steps. You know what I'm saying? Two Mm -hmm. steps and there's your number. It's like, no, that's a starting point for you to then go solve a problem, which might take you half an hour. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really successful as a starting point.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Right,
3: but it's not a it's not a simple process. Which most people want a simple fix. They're like, oh, I tried it, it didn't work. You know, it's like, well, keep going, <laughs> tweak
2: a little well, bit. Well, everybody's looking for a simple, you know, um, but there are no simple fixes. Show me a simple fix in recruiting in sourcing. who just aren't.
1: Okay, so back to Jeremy for a second. What about finding email addresses? What's your fave? Is if-
3: um, it's really similar to what Maureen just said. You just uh, you start playing with you, you. First off, you try to find email addresses in your inbox already. You know that um, basically anybody at that company you've emailed before, so you can kind of see the configuration of their email. Then you try different versions of that within
1: a tool like, MailTester to like Mail Tester. Like what Mail, Mail mail-tester. Mail-tester. Tester? Mailtester.com. Yes. Yeah, have you ever have you ever used that Maureen MailTester.com? Yeah,
2: yeah, it's a great product. Uh huh. Okay, you but can, you know
1: what? Even in so, some companies, they they might have different structures even within the same company. Like first do. name dot last name, then the then the name of the company, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. then some of them will have the first initial, uh, no dot, and then the last name. So they might have a mm-hmm. you know sort of. Different, a bunch of different structures. So like uh, you guys just said, it can take a long time to find one, one email address, and you might not even be successful. But that that search process might be very difficult.
2: And mail tester about, doesn't always work, Jeremy, does it? Because sometimes their no, server will block, right?
3: Nope. Yeah, it does. It depends on the corporation and how sophisticated they are. but.
2: Um, but it's all fun. It's fun, isn't it, Jeremy? It is,
3: and I think if you're... You know, for me, when when we're talking about solutions like this, I mean, to,
2: to spend as much
3: time finding one email address or finding one person's direct dial number, I'm, I'm assuming you're working on a really tough search and there are 10 people who can do the job, and you need to get to those 10. I mean, this isn't something you would do for a lower-level job when, you know, people are applying and things like that. I mean, I'm assuming you're really hunting and you found kind of that um, person who looks like a really good candidate or somebody who could lead you to a really good candidate. I'm not saying you should wait hours every day doing it unless you're really on a targeted search.
2: Well, yes and no. Um I mean it works for a really targeted search but but if I, it's one of my most powerful weapons to get into a company because so you've heard me say this Jeremy and Michael, if I just want to get into a company, I just call, I want to stab in. I call it stabbing in. Once I find the internal dial system, I don't care who I'm talking to. I just dial in and I say, hi, this is Maureen Cherub. I know I have the wrong number. I'm trying to reach the engineering department, or I'm trying to reach accounting, or I'm trying to reach finance, wherever I want to go. Can you help me? That person that I reach, they're not expecting my call. They don't get any calls like this. They sit up at their desk. They go, "Um, yeah, I guess so. What do you need? And
1: okay. that's, that's usually how they react. In. That's when you're calling and We're not talking about email there, although that's 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 good to know. I, uh,
2: email? Can you give me the person's email?
1: No. And they'll give well, yeah, it? Yeah,
2: sure. His email is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Who that's usually how it works.
1: To? Who am I speaking to? Who wants to know?
2: Yeah, not really. Sometimes, occasionally. But Jeremy, these people gr- don't Jeremy, get gr- these gr- kinds of calls. They're not equipped for that. Why would, you, why would you call
0: that? in and then ask for an email?
2: Who is that? Somebody's <laughs> listening. <laughs> Alejandro, <laughs> right?
1: Michael Fox, trouble yeah. Michael maker. Fox,
2: yeah. I think Daryl's <clears throat> listening, too, because I saw him um, tweet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well,
2: more so just, what I mean, did you say,
0: Michael? I don't think anybody's going to call into an organization.
1: You're wrong, Michael. Just to I've get done an email. It.
2: I've done I it. do. I've done it. I do. I call in to get emails.
0: Yeah. Well, well it, it seems like you, you're you're. Putting I want to in some the, effort that most people documents.
1: don't. I want to send the guys. Some
2: Sometimes documents. a call in for an email is a lot easier than doing what we were talking about before with Mail Tester. You know, if Mail testers is blocking servers, um, hmm. a simple call in to find out what what format they're using is a lot faster than spending yeah. hours and hours searching. Oh, absolutely. But
0: it, it would it would seem like. What you're trying to get to is a live person. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it a lot harder to find, you know, actually connect with an individual on the phone than find somebody's email because even if you send somebody an email, now they just can review your email and uh, with a click be done with you.
1: Let me ask something. That well, you then you're, you're putting, you're, you're, you're putting the no,
2: power no. into that person's Wait hand. a second,
1: Maureen. Maureen, Michael Cox re- recruits primarily, if I'm correct, salespeople. Mike, am I right? You are correct. Okay. Maureen, are salespeople easier to contact than other people? I would Depends say yes. Depends on what time
2: of the day. Depends on what time of the day. For me, I, I think there's a timing issue with salespeople. I don't know how Michael feels okay. about what that. Okay. What about voicemail? Well, you, don't, you,
1: don't you don't leave voicemail. Jeremy. What's Jeremy, what's your take on voicemail? We've heard so many different things about it.
3: I think that it's... It's good to leave a voicemail, but you don't want to leave too many voicemails. I don't listen to my voicemails personally. I I, I probably have 300 voicemails sitting here right now. Then how can you tell us that it's good? (laughs) Well, some people listen to voicemails. I mean, if if it's a millennial, most of their friends probably didn't leave them voicemails. You might
1: be the only one for the day. Okay, so you're too old to be a millennial, so people think you're going to look at your voicemails, but you've got a real younger person's sensibility, so you Yeah, all all my
3: friends. I just don't understand why why I would listen to a voicemail when I see who called me, and I see they left me one, so I'll just call them back.
1: Okay. Mike, do you listen to voicemail? I do. Anybody else on the line who wants to tell us if they listen to voicemail?
3: If I was recruiting, I would listen to voicemail, but I'm not recruiting, you know.
1: Okay, Maureen, are you looking at uh, Twitter? I finally got you. You know, are you looking at Twitter for me to see if somebody wants to say something?
2: Um, I was, and then I got. okay,
1: um, but if you uh, uh, back to Jeremy, he's our focal. He's a star today, I, right? I
2: feel, I feel like we're. Bo- I, I feel
3: like
1: we're bombing. We're bombing. You, who- I, this I is, a like this, this okay. is a great show. This is a great show. You don't Who tell feels me like we're what's bombing? good, okay? You don't tell me. You do sometimes <laughs> what I tell you. Wait a,
2: Wait a minute. Who feels like we're bombing?
1: I, I do. This is Jeremy. I,
3: I hear mean, me. Like,
1: energy is low. Come on, guys. Not for me. I'm glad okay. I got someone okay. to talk to. My guest didn't even show up, Okay. <laughs> I've got an expert here.
2: I've got, I've a, got a, a question a for Jeremy. Can I ask Jeremy a question? Yeah, go for
3: it.
0: Jeremy, um,
2: I, I was watching the show, of the, the SourceCon broadcast a couple of weeks ago, and I'm pretty sure I heard this. You guys were talking. I, I kept trying to get in. I couldn't get in, couldn't get in, um, because I wanted to ask. Somebody said on the show, and I think it was you, might have been get Dean. Get to it already, Maureen. How much okay. of a free do you need? That, okay? companies have, that companies have created sourcing teams and they let them run for a year or two, and then they disband them.
3: All the time. All the time.
2: Let's hear about that. I well, I know. Well, that's what sorcerers are telling me on the back channel. But to hear you guys say that publicly shocking. Let them
3: answer. It's all the time. Every time. I mean – people are always starting a sourcing team and then they dismantle it because I think the reason is they can't prove the ROI on the sourcing team. So that is why it ends up, um, you know, people move more forward in the process and they're doing engagement and they're touching the candidates more because people are having a hard time proving the ROI of a sourcing team.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know. That seems crazy to me that if you're getting good names – It's just obvious. It it doesn't take any –
0: But if you're not able to track and measure what you're doing, it's difficult to justify continuing that expense.
3: That's the the primary thing, is if they're not able to connect the dots within their system to prove the source of hire came from the sourcing team, and you've got a team of 10 people making thousands of dollars – then, then
1: that's that's the first thing to Hold go. On to Hold on a second. Hold on a second. If they're bringing in the names, you know they're coming from the sorcerer, as opposed to no. from an applicant. No, you don't. Why no. not? Okay, it, it, it's it's I difficult know it's to been... tell.
0: It, even I don't have any sorcerers here, and and people are always asking where did this person come from, and and it's difficult to. Spend or invest that much of my day. Look,
1: if I was working as a sourcer and I have for other recruiters, they darn well know that it came from me. And I make sure I know, I know so, where the so people here's came the from. Problem.
3: Well, here's the problem in a large corporation. You've got a sorcerer supporting a recruiter. The sorcerer doesn't touch the candidate. The sorcerer just creates a list and hands it to a recruiter who has internal applicants, who has applicants who aren't internal, who has employee referrals, and and basically those, if you're not touching the candidates before you hand them over, then chances are really low that they're actually going to engage that person and submit them to the process if there are other more active channels happening, right? So then the next thing is, you know, you're touching the candidate. Let's say you identify and engage the candidate, and then you hand the candidate off, um, and you are submitting a candidate to someone who has – there's a slate of three candidates. One comes from sourcing, one is an internal um, applicant, and one is a referral, right? The, you may have contributed one of the slate of three that helps close the deal, but if your candidate doesn't get hired, you don't actually get credit for having done anything, right? You know
1: what? I just so don't then, think it's that hard to figure this out. I don't understand. I just don't understand, and I don't think you're going well, to explain Well, explain it. it. No, no, he explained if it. If it's
0: not so hard to understand, explain how you know, solve this issue for all these organizations that keep doing this.
1: Hey, if I, I'm giving you – I think I'm give,
3: I am going to resign, and I need you to come and take this over and fix
1: this problem right now. <laughs> I will fix it, but you know, no one's going to hire me to
2: do it. Let me move on. <laughs> well, so they, what's, what's going to happen? Oh, Where is this going?
1: I don't brag it out. I'm the boss here, Okay. <laughs>
2: Okay, Daryl D'Oso said, it's not bombing. I'm actually learning some good tips, and that's a rarity with yeah. this show. Yeah. There no, you go. He's a good guy. No, I don't that. that
3: was a compliment for Maureen and
2: I.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, you guys. Where is this going to go if that's what's happening inside companies, that they're disbanding these sorts I of don't
1: know. Okay, well, where? Okay, answer that. Well, where, I want where does
2: everybody on the show think this is going to go?
1: Well, Jeremy well, knows. Is- well, you eventually know, it, people will start
0: to figure out how to track what they're doing and actually document it. But you know, one of the biggest complaints is, do you want me to do what I do or do you want me to tell you what I do? And And the answer really is both. You have to be able to document and measure what you're doing. Otherwise, don't be terribly shocked when the funds dry up.
3: Well, and the other thing is that we need to know – sourcing teams need to be deployed in the right way. You know, um, if your problem is qualified candidates who are interested in the role and available, then the sourcing teams need to be delivering that and those names track through the funnel. Uh, I've seen sourcing teams. I've actually led a sourcing team. When I took over that team, um, we had external research firms providing us lists of names. But when you log into the system and you look at where the bottlenecks are, the bottlenecks were we didn't have enough people to call all of them. So the 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 research we were getting was pointless because we didn't have people to call them. So the the real problem was we didn't need any research unless they had already vetted the candidates and we knew they were interested in talking to us and qualified for the job. So... But,
2: Jeremy, sourcers – now, let's talk about this. Sourcers don't really want to call people. They don't. Sourcers didn't get into the business of sourcing to call people. They didn't. And companies are ignoring that. They are. They're ignoring that. You know
3: what, Maureen? I keep hearing people say this,
2: and I think it's the
3: weirdest argument, okay?
2: Sourcers don't
3: want to call people. It's like, well, do they
2: want a freaking job? Well, because that's true. That's, that's what job it's job turned that's, into. That's, that's what it's, it's turned job. into because, because the type of sourcing they're they're doing, because most that's of what them. Need. What? That's what people need. If that's what, people that's need. what they need. You're right. Companies need people to call people. They need recruiters. Well, recruiters they need recruiters. Recruiters call okay. people. Recruiters call people.
3: So call them call them all sorcerers and the sourcing function. Okay, you know what?
1: Well, I, you're, I, I'm letting you guys go on too long. The show will go down. I have some experience. I know what's good, and I don't like that backhanded compliment that Daryl gave. Okay.
2: Oh, I never <laughs> learned anything Well, they're on probably going to give it again because this is an important it, subject.
3: No, and you put it, put it on somebody no, else's show. So no, this is not that important.
1: That, no, let me the, move on. Somebody's... I'm finished with that, okay?
3: Now, we'll, director, see, we'll see what the Twitterverse I'm says. i finished with it,
1: Marie. You're not taking my show. Try we'll see what the over. Twitterverse says. If you think it's lame that Ansel ended a good conversation, send him a tweet real quick. Okay. Yeah, look. Director yeah, <laughs> Darian. I'll just throw it out, but I don't think... Yeah, he's got
2: a problem. Greg has a problem. I don't think
1: Jeremy's uh, the right guy to ask, okay? But I'll put it out there. Uh, Maybe Mike uh, Cox, he's on the inside, he's got a tip. This is a typical Mm -hmm. thing. You know, somebody, a uh, contract recruiter, I guess, placed somebody with a firm, but uh, I guess they turned him down. They turned the candidate down from the recruiter, but they hired him behind his back without paying a fee. How to avoid it? I don't know. you got to sue them. That's my impression. The big way they do it these days is you send them the resume. They say, oh, we know this guy already. Yeah, he applied six months ago, but you didn't even think of him for Yeah, you, you couldn't
3: find him in your own freaking database.
1: Yeah. So I don't, uh, does anyone have a suggestion for Greg's friend uh, or client, uh, aside from taking the guy to court? I mean, really? Uh, we talked last week about taking the address and stuff off a resume. Jerry said it's ridiculous. Some Mm -hmm. people still do that.
3: So to me, like, if you're a good recruiter, right, I would bet Jerry, when he's working with people, Jerry's going to be like, okay, you've got 20,000 employees. You probably have a couple hundred recruiters. Most of the people who do what you do are probably already in your freaking database, right? But if your recruiting team is too stupid to surface them, Talk to them and get them interested in this role. I don't want to lose out on that. So I would think a good recruiter would be prepping their clients that that kind of thing could happen. And if you don't have that good of a relationship with them, then you screwed up on the front end, in my opinion. I mean, if a client's pulling that with you, you didn't you didn't set it up right. That that means like, if you're just sending random people over like that, they don't respect you anyway if they're treating you that way. So. I I think it was set up poorly on the front end. I'm not saying it would never happen to me, but that's a conversation we should all be having in third-party search. You should be telling them, you know, hey, this is the problem. We run into it. I just want you to know if I submit a candidate to you, I don't care if they're already in your database. The only way they would count is if you talk to them about this job, they were submitted to you and they're in process. That's fine. I'll give you that. But I'm not going to give you everybody who's ever been in your database. That's not ownership.
1: Okay, thanks. Uh, my good friend, the job board doctor, was just going on and on about how lousy the show is today, okay? And what he doesn't like is that we were discussing LinkedIn, which we just said is the source of 80 to 90 percent of the candidates. That's too bad, job board doctor. Go have a What's drink for Thanksgiving. Do? I don't care if you don't like the show today. I like you it. know, it's- You know, when I start...
2: A sort, what uh, does the uh, job
1: board doctor do? I'm, I'm curious. He fixes job boards. Can't you tell from his name? He's got a great name.
2: <laughs> Sometimes my customers will ask me, "Well, what if I already have the name that you you know that I get, submit?" And I ask them, "Well, before I start the job, I would like a list of names from you that you already have that I won't give them back to you. Then you don't pay for them. So what about asking?" The client, the customer, to give you a list of names of people he's already, already considered, that would be hands off.
3: Exactly. That's a great example. And then you could say, because if they didn't even surface them in their own database, that's their own stupidity, and you can't work with clients who are going to play that game with you.
2: That's a lack of client control all the way. Okay. It, it puts the onus on them, Ma- Maureen, it makes them
3: do,
1: like, do, do some do like, do work, do it gets like being them invested. You like beating it to death, don't you? Okay? Yes I do. Yeah. I like I like, like, like tying a bow around
2: it. And I like okay. things to no, be no, final. No.
1: That's not how a show works, okay? You don't talk about one thing until everybody is asleep. Next question. <laughs> Zoom info. Zoom info. Jeremy, do people still use it? Is it still successful?
3: I would assume people still use it. I don't know. I haven't I mean it's not like cutting edge and new but i would assume people still find
1: value in it anywhere there's a lot of information is valuable are are there are, you are people paying a lot for it no let me ask. you're with the sources are companies paying a lot to zoom info for subscriptions zoom info I don't know. wasn't that bought by No, it used to be called el know. yon it used to when it first came out el yon is from the bible the most high i don't know where they you know came up with that I Anyway, okay, so I don't whatever, know I don't know. Okay, I got it. I heard you say Whatever's on tonight.
2: Zoom info is on LinkedIn, you know. Next just, topic. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, which
1: Chrome extensions do you think are the the best, most interesting, Jeremy? You must have some in mind. So I think there are
3: Unending Chrome extensions, but it, it depends on which step of the process. I like to pick one for each step of the process. So if you're um looking to create Boolean strings, I like Source Hub. You know, um What? It, what is uh, it? Don't mumble it. Don't say it
1: fast, <laughs> say it slow and loud, okay?
3: Source Hub is, is where I would go to create
1: um Boolean search strings. That that's then, a linked um, that's a LinkedIn uh, extension? Source Hub, which you mentioned before. Extension. Extension. No, Chrome oh, extension. Oh Chrome Extension, rather. Okay. A,
3: and then um Profit is really what I what I use most right now. It was created by the guys over at Hiring Salt by Sean Burton. Uh Profit is, you know, a cross referencing tool. So when you're looking at a LinkedIn profile, it'll give you their other profiles, it'll look for their email address and contact information. So Profit is really good for that stuff. So what are you
1: using? About, you don't care what social media they're on. Are you using it primarily for their email address?
3: For their email address or, you know, to see their other profiles, because then you can message them on those other profiles, or you can just any information. So then, um, okay, you and know,
1: that's for... Profit would like a, the profit in the Bible. P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Okay, are today. Yeah. No, well, it's coming up. It's not like the profit that you put in the bank. Okay, next.
3: And then next for like engagement, I love uh Sidekick. Um Sidekick is a tool that um basically when you send an email, it tells you when it's been opened. And the reason I like that, it it can kind of tell you when a candidate is checking their email. You kind of get to know the time of day that they're um typically available. You can call them right away and say, "Hey, I don't know if you saw I sent you an email, but I wanted to chat with you because you know, if they're checking their email, they're probably free. They have a they have a minute to chat." So I, I like sidekick. Um What
1: about what about Yesware? That's a Gmail add-on extension. What about Yesware? Any uh, any feedback on that? I'm not using it right now, so I'm not sure. Okay.
0: I, mean, I know I know there are people who use it, but hey, I don't Jer- like I've, I've got a question for J- Jeremy. Go yeah, ahead. Jer When when you see that um you know John has opened his email, do you call him at that instant?
3: I think it's a good idea because you can assume, I mean, obviously some people might be doing it when they're on a conference call or something, but I mean, but a lot of people, when they do that, that means they just got out of a meeting, they're back at their desk and they have a minute to talk. And it's kind of, kind of weird. You don't tell them, Hey, I see you just opened your email, but you, you just say, Hey, (laughs) um, I, yeah, I sent you a message. Um, you, you may have seen it, but I wanted to talk to you and you know, if if you just read it, and and the other thing is sometimes people will close it and reopen it, close it, reopen it. You know, you can and you get notified every time. So really? That's um yeah. So that, wow. you know, that shows they're really interested. So I don't know, it just tells you a lot about tells you a lot about people and kind of helps you understand their schedule and when they might be able to chat.
2: So. How OCD they are? Yeah,
1: well, yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, anything else, Michael Cox, that you wanted to ask about that? I, I
0: just—it feels weird to me to call them immediately when they open that thing up.
1: Yeah, you can't lie to them. They know that's why you're calling. If they got a brain in their head, they'd know. Oh no, God told me. A little birdie told me. Yeah, I don't know. It just came to me. I thought I'm going to give this guy a call right now. Okay. So what's the next one? What's the next one, Jeremy? I'm I'm interested in what you're saying. I hope Daryl is. <laughs> Finally getting something from the show. Go I ahead. don't have more. And he
2: then, got you know, something I, before. Let me be perfectly clear about that. Okay. I
3: didn't plan
1: <laughs> on being here. I didn't plan on being here. What about so, Lipple? What about Lipple? L I P P L?
3: Oh, I'm not using Lipple, but it's uh a lot of people do. I don't I can't tell you a lot about it right now.
1: What about Falcon? Do you use Falcon or have you tried it out?
3: I tried it out a while ago, but I haven't heard much about it lately.
1: Connect six. That's one of Dean Decosta's favorites. Mm-hmm. Do you use it?
3: I have, yes. It's very similar to Profit, and so a lot of these they're they're cross referencing tools, and uh-huh. so they will they will have different information, you know, depending. So you might not find someone's candidate. I mean, someone someone's um, contact information with Profit. So then you check Connect Six and. You, you can check uh, Connectify if you have access to that. What's hap- what's Facebook with Connectify? Mm-hmm.
1: Are they charging huge, huge amounts of money now, or some people say they still have a free account? Some people say they want hundreds of dollars a month. What's the story with Connectify?
3: I think they're a great tool, but yeah, they're they're charging more. You know, so it really comes down to for for me. I mean, if I were in an an indiv- independent recruiter, or you know, my company wasn't going to pay for my account. I would pivot to whatever is free even if it's not as good. So that's but but all Connectifier has good results. Why do people love it? Well people love it because it does the same thing as profit and all these companies have different data. So if it's not in profit it might be in Connectifier and vice versa. I don't know right now if Connectifier has more accurate data than than profit or vice versa. I think it depends on who you're recruiting and where they hang out online and,
1: uh-huh. and um what about what about, Zaba, what about these people finders? What about people finders like people like Pipple and Zabba Search? You didn't mention any of them as, as things you really like. Or do you like those or I, I No see those, those are
3: search. all those are all good but they're not um, to me they're they're kind of low return, low ROI for me. They're a little messy. But they're not they're not bad. I mean if if you know it if you know who you're going for sometimes you can luck out there but um I find like profit and connect fire are more effective.
1: Okay. What's the hardest thing in recruiter? I'm gonna recruiting. I'm gonna give you three choices. Number one, finding people. Number two, getting them to talk and number three getting them to move. I used to think finding people that was the thing. No, if you now it's two and three. Well, no, pick one.
3: <laughs> well, the biggest challenge right now for most companies is two.
1: Just getting them to talk. I think so. And that's why everybody's talking about engagement. Is that is that what's happening? Yes. Uh huh. Okay.
2: Okay. You have, you have to make friends. You have to make friends. You have to look at this as a long term thing. As a baloney. make friends. Oh, baloney. Yes, no. baloney my ass. You have to look at this as a long term thing and companies have to be willing to invest in their recruiting departments.
0: Okay. Put fine. money
2: into the recruiting departments. Instead yeah, of calling uh-huh. your recruiters recruiter sourcers, call your recruiters recruiter ambassadors because well, they you know, are your brand you're master, ambassadors. You're the master for your of company.
1: stupid names, okay?
2: I don't like that's it. Right, your that's right. That's right. get over the stupid names. But if you're going to call your recruiters a- anything, call that, them recruiter okay, yeah. ambassadors. Sourcers,
1: this is what it should be. Sources, get over
2: the recruiter sourcer bullshit.
1: Sourcers do name gen. Recruiters make phone calls. And there's there is a hybrid role. It's not called sorcerer. It's like researcher or something like that. But let me move on. I agree. I've got got Jeremy on for just a few more minutes, and I had to twist the guy's arm to stay. Now, what about email blasts, Jeremy? Are they, you know, a thing of the past? Or can you still, you know, send out 100 emails that are the exact same that says, I'm looking for somebody like this. You know, would you like to give me a call? I don't think that's a great
3: idea. I think everything should be more targeted. There's a lot of noise out there. Now, um, I'm not saying it, – it depends on the list. I mean, if you have formulated a really good list of 100 people who have a lot of similarities and, and you can write a really good message tailored to that group, then you might be able to get away with an email blast. But uh, I think people are looking for a little bit more personalization than you can typically do in an email blast.
1: And what about uh, Zappos? They had the ideal talent pipeline. You know, you don't apply for jobs. You just join the company's uh, affinity group or something like that. And on the inside, they decide, they separate them. They say, these are the dummies, or sorry, the people, the craplicants. We don't want those guys. And these are the good guys. We're going to keep sending the good guys more uh, aggressive, uh, you know, recruiting emails. And the other ones, we'll just tell them how nice it is to work here. So we don't hear about Zappos anymore. (laughs) We don't hear about Zappos anymore. What happened? I mean, uh, was it that, you know, their spokesperson quit and went to another company or like... Was
3: Stacey Zapara and uh, Michael Baylin are both gone, and they were the
1: ones we were hearing about everything from. So it would yeah, be okay, were they? Oh, oh, hey. That's Tony Shea. There used to be a lot of articles about Tony. The, you know, his he was quoted just like Steve Jobs all the time. He, they've all disappeared. What's happened with Zappos? Aren't they the, the, you know, the golden-haired child? I, I don't know if that's... Yeah. Uh, allowed anymore, whatever, but... So if you're, if you're still at Zappos and you want to give us an
3: update on what's going on with the uh, no-job postings
1: and, and how well, you're you're you are not you don't know. You're in the dark, just it. like no, us, I
3: right? I don't know.
1: Okay. I got another...
3: Know, at this point, it's probably been long enough to track the success and, and really know. Um, they've just fallen off wonder, the... They've fallen off the well, social media <laughs> map. And if you... If you announce a really big, bold trial that you're gonna do and then you never publish your results, I think we can assume how it works out.
1: Yeah, I catch my feeling, yes, exactly, <laughs> okay, now just a couple got a couple more <laughs> minutes uh. We've got a couple more minutes. If somebody is on Twitter and they're they're mad at me, like Job Doctor was for not getting his feedback earlier, blame Maureen. Okay, she's here. She's supposed to keep one eye on Twitter. Okay, I can't I do
2: them. it. <laughs> well, I'm just telling. Okay, it's good. So there's some funny you know. stuff on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Okay. So well, here's 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 something. If somebody has you know Lou Adler is always talking about if you want got a good candidate this is someone who hasn't stayed in one job for a long time because they assimilate the experience very the new information very quickly they they master it to do a project then they move on to something else but but what he doesn't say is you know whether it happens in one company or you know by job hopping i think he means one company so but you can't always you know get the opportunity in one company, does that mean that a job hopper is really a superlative candidate? It's somebody who learns what they have to in a certain company. Then they can't learn any more there. The opportunity just isn't there for them, so they move on, and they keep doing that to gain experience. Jeremy, do you have an opinion on that? Would would you hire a job hopper, or do you immediately I, when you see the
3: I would hire a job hopper because I was a job hopper. So I don't... You know, unfortunately, in today's economy, the way that it works out for most people is if you stay somewhere for two years and you you learn it for one year, then you master it, right? And then the next year, you can start improving things and getting creative. I think a lot of companies, after someone masters their job, they don't give them the financial rewards they should, and they don't give them new experiences like they should. So after two years, people have mastered something, and they can get a $20,000 bump in pay and more experience if they take that knowledge and use it somewhere else. So I think that's – we're moving obviously beyond sourcing into like kind of HR and talent management, but I think that's a big flaw in most organizations is they don't help those people who – they spend a year learning, they spend a year mastering, and then they don't show them something – Rewarding okay, but your screen, no, you're, you're taking it, you're you taking
1: it, hold on, no, let me just say something. You're taking it beyond sourcing, but I like what you said, but it is a sourcing issue. The sourcer finds a profile, or they get a resume sent to them, and they see the person's moved all over the place. uh, In the past, the ordinary uh, wisdom, common wisdom would be, this guy's a job hopper. I'm not interested in this person. You're saying that's not the attitude you should take. This might be... No, you should should
3: talk to them. My thing when I was doing retain search, I don't care how many times they had moved, if they told a logical story that I could summarize very easily for a hiring manager. So if you look here, they spent two years here, and then maybe their manager moved on and took them, or maybe they, they mastered something like... They implemented it. Yeah, like I got things. it. We
1: got it. We got I it. We got it. You don't have to drag it out, okay? But I'm about to. I appreciate, okay. it was, it was I about appreciate your drag. answer. I appreciate your answer. Maureen, any last words? Show's over. Maureen, I, I mm-hmm. enjoyed having you here. Thank you so much for coming, okay? Thank you. And of course, We
2: have two minutes.
1: Okay. Jeremy, any final words for the star of the show, the unexpected star of the show? <laughs> he was no, a star. that was Yeah, thanks
3: for having me.
1: You did a great job.
3: You did a great job. Yes, you
2: did. How often hey, can do I, give I say a
3: shameless, that? Thanks, man. Can I give you can I give a shameless plug? We've got Go SourceCon all. Okay, we got SourceCon All-Stars in March. And so what the the way we built that agenda is basically the highest-rated uh SourceCon speakers of all time are going to be on the agenda and we're bringing them back. And a lot of these people were around at the very beginning of conversation and they're going to be able to talk about you know, what what was going on back then and where we are now and, and what they see in the future. So it's gonna be a really cool agenda. So uh check out sourcecon dot com uh forward slash twenty sixteen for the, the spring agenda.
1: What was the date? It's March first and second. Okay. And what in city? Florida. In Florida. Okay. Florida. Okay. So that's I'm Jeremy R on Twitter. I am Jeremy R. It's a terrible Twitter you know, like name. The but worst. You <laughs> you work. <laughs> Maureen Sheriff. Maureen, I hope you know how to spin it in Sheriff S. Namesorcer.com. Thank
2: you, Maureen. Thank you, okay. Jeremy. Thank,
1: Thank you, Michael. You. Ah! <laughs>